Hey, good afternoon, Top Fans. It is Bill from Top Fan Rivalry coming to you with another clubhouse, another one of my favorite American League East guests. He's been on a couple of times. He is in a situation where they are in the wild card scenario, um, but we were just joking about if he was in different divisions. We'll talk about that in a second. But, John, welcome back into the clubhouse. Appreciate you. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet. If, if this were on YouTube, you guys would see that he's wearing an awesome Top Fan Rivalry hat. So, you know, what maybe, you know, at some point we'll we'll have to talk about that. But, John, first, let's talk about the Rays. You're a Rays fan. What What's your Rays take? You got about 42, 43 games left. So um, it, it's weird. The Rays, because of the division, because of the competitiveness of the uh, of the AL East, it, it never you either you either feel like you're in the division lead or you feel like you're in fifth. There, there's no in between. So I have to, you know, sort of remind myself that we're still in the hunt. Like if the season ended today, we're in a wild card spot because it doesn't feel like we're hot. It doesn't feel like we're chugging on all cylinders, but we have, you know, we started the season hot and we came back to earth, but so far through August, including today's game, we're, uh, we're 11 and seven so far. Uh, we're cutting down the gap in the East, uh, but injuries are still killing us. This is, this is one of the worst seasons in a while for injuries with the Rays. Uh, Manny Margot just came back today, which is awesome. He's, he was one of the more productive bats, if not the most productive bat, uh, before he got hurt. But Zanino, Kiermaier, and Kittridge are out for the year. Uh, Wander suffered a setback again today in his AAA start. And Shane Boz, who opened the season, I think, as the number one pitching prospect in baseball, had six starts this year, and now he's shut down. So that's it's really superb, really, really <laughs> excited about the status of the roster right now. But, I mean, we're the Rays. We've always been the Rays. We'll always be the Rays. We'll always pull it together, and we'll – We'll glue two shoes together and call it a left fielder. It's, it's how we've always been. It's how it's we're gonna, it's how we're going to be till we move to Montreal and start gaining revenue. It's just it's how it's how it is. You know, we traded we traded Willie Adamez last year to make room for Wander. You bring in Drew Rasmussen and JP Fireisen, who have both been awesome. Like that's that's such a nondescript move. And when it was made, nobody people just thought the Rays were dumping a guy to make room. But Rasmussen and Fireisen have been great this year when they've been healthy and played. So I think that's just, I think that's a microcosm of how the Rays are. It's, yeah. there have been some really productive guys and some really, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy how the Rays do it. I, I've been a fan for so long and I still can't piece it together. I just, at this point I have to have blind faith in the stupid things they do. I was talking to an Orioles fan, mm -hmm. um, which his podcast will launch here pretty quick. I think he'll, his is, the day before yours or two days. I think you're going to be on Thursday and he's on Wednesday. But I was telling him, I said, you know, next year, your division is just absolutely insane because you're always going to have the Bronx Bombers that are going to mm -hmm. pay the cash, right? And you're always going to have Boston that's going to try to fight their way in and Toronto that's got that, you know, the kind of their big three, four people. Mm -hmm. And then the Orioles are doing it with like these little guys. Yet you guys are doing it like, where you're asking fans to donate baseballs for the game and you're still making <laughs> it all happen. Like you're asking fans to not only come into the game, but donate some money for some batting practice balls. Exactly. I mean, but you guys are in it. So sorry to, sorry to make fun of it, but it's, it's no, you're hilarious. Right. You know, I, I didn't get picked for the BR left fielder contest the last time <laughs> I went. So, but you're, awesome. you're exactly right. This is, this is the first time in a while that I I've felt jealous of another team in our division's farm. I'm really jealous of what the Orioles got going on. You know, we're still young. We still have guys that are coming up the pipeline, but we don't have Adley Rutschman's Gunnar Henderson's and Grayson Rodriguez is coming down. Like 
I'm I'm so scared. I'm I'm more scared of the Orioles than I have been of Boston in years. And Boston have won championships in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really I'm worried about what the Orioles are cooking up. I'm worried about the progression of of uh, Toronto. I am so not worried about New York and Boston next year because they're they're known. Like I know I know what they're gonna do. They do the same things every year. But like I don't I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't I don't. Every year I come in wondering how we were gonna compete. You know, this year I was confident. This year I was excited, and uh, I've I've successfully been disappointed, and my hopes have been kiboshed. But like, but this but this is the point I'm trying to make is like I I feel so dejected about this season. If the season ended today, we're in the playoffs, and it just yep. doesn't feel like it because of the on-field product. Like I, I don't feel like we're a playoff team. And you know what? You know what's funny about that? I don't feel like we're a playoff team. We'll go out and we'll win the first series. We'll go to the championship series. It's it's just how we are. It doesn't make sense. Coming from me, I still don't get it. I get so, why the media counts us out. I don't. I don't. I count us out. See, and I think part of that too is what I'll call expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Torrey wrote a book a number of years ago called The Yankee Years or My Yankee Years or something like that. And in it, he said, we won games against teams that were better than us because we'd go into their stadium and they were afraid of the name on the front of the jersey. Mm-hmm. And But when, when the media is paying attention to who's going to be in the AL you know, East race, it's always Boston, New York. Everybody's mm-hmm. looking past the Orioles or looking past you that, you know, now they're talking about Toronto because of, of Vlad Guerrero Jr. And, and some of the other guys, Bo Bichette and things like that. But it, you guys get to go in without expectations and play baseball, which, I, yeah, I mean, you saw Aaron Boone lose his mind last night mm-hmm. or yesterday after the postgame press conference, because he knew that they could play better. There's expectations. I love it. I love that you guys are playing well like that. I think, I think that, I think you're exactly on it. And I think that may be why I'm disappointed is this is, you know, the, the Rays always go through like drastic facelifts every off season. There's always these big changes, rotational pieces, rotate. You lose four position players every year. A big guy goes to New York every year. That didn't, that hasn't happened lately. You know, we, we went to the, uh, we went to the division series in 2019, the world series in 2020 and the, uh, or sorry, no, and the division series last year. And then you have another year of Wander Franco. You have progression out of these arms. These arms are supposed to come up. Uh, a Rosa Reina is coming off a rookie of the year campaign. Like this is the year we're supposed to put it together. This is the year that the Rays weren't counted out. And because, you know, we're still successful, but not to the level that I, I mean, I walked in expecting, I lied about not expecting it, but the, the level I expected it, it does feel sort of disappointing. And, and that comes from like such a weird place of privilege. Like if, if I was a, uh, say I don't know a team with the two greatest uh two of the greatest players in the modern generation and my team is terrible I'd be disappointed right I it feels weird that like I feel as disappointed as an Angels fan does right now right well and that's and and that's saying something because let's be honest I mean Angel fans are they're trying to figure it all out I mean I, it's it's I, really impressive actually I talked to Angel fans I, one of them just says it's so disgusting I can't watch it anymore and I, I feel that I, I would feel the same way. I would, I would, I would be losing money doing home repairs after every game. <laughs> I would be so mad. Too. All right. So let's talk about, we're going to, we're going to lump a question in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so trade deadline, thumbs up, thumbs down. How do you think you guys did? I think, I think in a word rates, 
I, I think it was about okay. about as raised as it can get. You know, we okay. I, I said earlier that we we glued two shoes together and called it a left fielder. That's how it feels. Like that, that's not a joke. That's that's how it feels a lot of the time. It feels like we took the beer vendor and stuck him in center a lot of the time. That's just how it is. You know, the Rays, the Rays went out and got Nelson Cruz last year. And that was like, that was our big one. Right. And that, that one had been rumored for a while and we finally took the leap and it didn't pay off, but like no fault in that. I'm glad we went and we did something. And then this year we did it very Rays style. None of, none of the guys we got are needle movers, but they all fill positions of need. They'll all bat in the lineup. They'll all be position versatile. It's, um, it's just how it is. We traded like the, the big ones from the trade deadline. We got a uh, Yu Chang and Roman Quinn off waivers and free agency respectively. But from trades, we got Jose Siri, David Peralta and Christian Bethencourt. And we did lose um, Brett Phillips. Uh, he was DFA. And that's, that's brutal. And that's losing Brett Phillips is kind of why I think it hurts so bad. It's so like Jose Siri, for example, is, uh, is who we DFA'd. We DFA'd Brett to make room for Jose Siri. Brett was terrible. His OPS plus was like 33 or something. He, he was he was as bad as it gets with the bat, but he was he was towards the top of the league in defensive run saved, if I'm not mistaken. And he was the heart and soul of the team. Like his his brand was the team's rally cry. He was he was a fixture of the community. So it's it's the first time in a while where like I'm so desensitized as a race fan to losing guys. This is the first one since like since Evan that like really, really stung. And and it's it's made all the worse because it's not an upgrade. Like Jose Siri is is just as bad. Jose Siri is a 54 OPS plus, and we traded our number six organizational prospect to the Orioles in that trade. It was the three team trade for Jose or for Trey Mancini. So we lost our number six organizational prospect. We lost the heart and soul of the team to go up from the worst OPS plus in the league to bottom 20 percent OPS plus in the league. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, David Peralta is a sub 600 OPS plus as a, or sub 600 OPS as a Ray. Um, so I'm not like, I'm not jazzed about that. Christian Bethencourt also sub 600, but he plays catcher. So it's a huge position of value. Mike Zanino's out for the year. Francisco Mejia can't do it alone. Rene Pinto has been rough. So I like Christian Bethencourt. I love good catcher play. Uh, Roman Quinn actually is a 745 OPS plus as a Ray. So he's been, he's been solid. And then Yu Chang has a 712 OPS as a Ray but he plays all over the field and he is a 108 OPS plus as a Ray. So the advanced stats grade him out as an above average acquisition actually. So yeah. I think it's just, I think it's perfectly raised to get five replacement level guys. One guy ends up being good and the other four are replacement level. Like they play positions. I think, I think it is as Tampa Bay Rays baseball as you could possibly get out of a trade deadline. Okay. All right. I like that. Now we're going to switch gears for a second. Let's talk. The WC race, the wild card race. Ooh. So you guys are currently a half a game below Seattle. Okay. You're tied with Toronto. Okay. So those are your three wild card teams right now. Season one to end. You're two and a half up on, uh, on Minnesota, three up on Baltimore, who's playing on ESPN right now. Um, three and a half up on the White Sox, five and a half up on Boston. Mm -hmm. And I know five and a half sounds like a lot, but we're going to talk about that here in a second. What are your feelings about? the wild card race right now and and just maybe even throw out even a prediction tell us what you think do you think you're gonna you're gonna stay in that wild card race do you think you're gonna miss it what do you think well so like i said i have to sort of remind myself that we're in the hunt still because it, it it feels with all these injuries and sort of just middling around that it is a lost season but it's not um i'm not 
remotely confident that we'll stay in that spot, but I'm not confident we'll lose it either. I think it, I think we'll play raised baseball and we'll, we'll be above 500 for the rest of the year, which is tough. I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, but the schedule is brutal. Um, but those, all those games are going to matter. All those games are against competitive teams, teams that are pushing for home field advantage or a wild card spot. There is, there's going to be no gimme games. It'll be one of the more exciting seasons in recent memory because it will go, it will go down to 162. On, on all accounts, I think even if we've clinched a wild card, I think we'll be pushing for position because, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I'd rather play – I'd rather play New York than Houston. Right. I I want nothing to do with Houston, and at least New York is a known evil. I think we played New York decently this year. I think we played them better in New York, actually. That That's completely unfounded, by the way. That could be completely yeah. factually untrue. But I, I would rather play them. And honestly, I'd rather – take the top wild card spot and play whoever wins the central. The central is terrible. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I, I, the ideal, I think, and realistically, we're only eight games back. We could push for the East, but realistically, if we, if we're the top wild card team, I'm happy. I'd be happy sacrificing home field advantage to play the central team. Yep. Give, give yep. me that every day of the week. Okay. So give me so that we have some time to talk about your, your schedule, because you mentioned that. Give me a 90-second version on positives and negatives for the rest of the season or what you've seen in the season that – because we've talked about this before, but what you've seen in the season, things that maybe you're concerned about going forward or that you think are very, very positives with your last 40-plus games. Gotcha. Well, so uh, in regards to the schedule, we play uh, – at the time of recording, we're playing uh, – Los Angeles starting tomorrow. We play the Angels. No, no. You're playing Anaheim tomorrow. Don't say Los Angeles. I don't care what they think. My apologies. We, we, play, the, we play the Angels of Anaheim. We play that team that has squandered the talents of two of the best players ever. But <laughs> after that, we we don't play a single team with a losing record. I don't think. I could, I'll could. i go back and look again. Texas. But, sorry. You still play we, Texas. You and play Texas, is, Texas is still playing for dignity. Texas gave out half a billion dollars in the offseason. Texas is still playing to prove something. But beyond that, every team we play, I think it's all American League teams too. I don't think we go interleague for the rest of the year. Everybody else is pushing for divisional positioning or a wild card. Every single game is going to be competitive. There's no gimmies. Nothing nothing is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be good for baseball to be pushing like that. It's going to be good for the Rays to be in that conversation down the line. But it's it's not going to be fun. Like it's going to be hard on my heart to be to be watching that and following it. I'm going to be, I'll be stressed. Yep. There's the, in, in regards to the season, I, like I, like I said earlier, I've been, I have a fairly negative outlook on it. I don't feel super great. I like, I feel like it's a lost season, but the positive is I don't play for the Rays. I'm not in the front office. They, They've gone out and they made moves, like I said, getting replacement level guys, but they went out and they got guys that fill spots and are going to give them a better chance to win than if they didn't. And I'm confident in that. You know, I'm confident that the Rays are going to make the right move to put themselves in a better position. And because of that, I think that's the positive. The positive is the Rays made moves that I wouldn't, and I'm not in charge of it. So they haven't called you and asked you about it yet. Exactly. Because that. because I would have said blow it up. But the 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 truth is. We shouldn't have. Like we're we're still in this, we're still pushing. There are there are positives. Like um, I uh, I have in my notes right here. Besides Shane McClanahan, who has uh, who leads the American League in WHIP and leads the American er, and has a 160 ERA plus, the bullpen 
um, and the young arms have been great. Drew Rasmussen, Jason Adam, um, Jeremy Springs, and J.P. Fireisen have been fantastic when healthy. I don't think Fireisen has played in a month or so or, or longer than that, but he was great when he was healthy. I don't think he allowed an earned run this year. Rasmussen, Jason Adam, and Jeffrey Springs have been fantastic. Rass flirted with perfection a start ago. He took, he took a perfect end of the ninth, and that's not a microcosm. He's got a sub-three ERA. Jason Adam has been our best reliever by far, and uh, Jeffrey Springs has been another guy that the Rays took out of the bullpen, made a starter, and it's worked. So there, there are positives, you know. I'm glad that the rotation and bullpen have held up because I would much rather have that than a world-beating uh, lineup walking into the playoffs because it, it, it takes a lot – a lot less for a lineup to get hot than it does a bullpen to get hot. Right. So if you're right. walking in with talent within the arms, you just got to be peaking at the right time as an offense. And that's a lot to ask. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think we're going to the world series. I don't think we're taking this, this team. I don't think this team's taking the chip, but I think we got a higher percentage chance of doing that than if we had a terrible bullpen and a decent, a decent offense. It's a good outlook on it too. And, and, and here's why I said the thing about Boston, right? Because we, we just talked, you know, you have the Angels who are in the, the bottom echelon of the American League, right? <clears throat> you have them for four. You have, oh, uh, you do have, okay, so you have three with Boston after that and then two with Miami. So okay. you do have interleague play. But, but listen to your September. Three with New York, three with Boston, three with New York, five in Toronto where there's a doubleheader there. Three with Texas, three with Houston, four with the Blue Jays, three with Cleveland, one more with Houston. And mm-hmm. that month. Okay. And then you end with two more with Houston and three more with Boston. Um, talk to me the, about that. I mean, that's news, crazy. So so the bad news is like that's that's like a that's a meat grinder stretch. Like you're not you're not looking forward to that. All those games are pivotal. But the good news is all those games matter. Where where I think the Rays lack in preparation to play. In October, I think they have a lot of – I think they're built pretty well to play in September. Yeah. Um, with the Rays lacking, like, overall talent they have in depth and versatility, that's, that's how the Rays have always played. The Rays, will, the Rays will never roll out a 99 overall lineup, but they'll always have the pieces able to interchange and put where they want to roll out an 80 lineup every day of the week. The, the Rays very rarely have lineups where you got three productive guys and then the rest are mush, you know. The Rays will roll out a bunch of solid guys every day because they can. That's just how they are. When you have a guy like Yu Chang who you put all over the field and you, you got him for nothing, you got him for peanuts. Harold Ramirez is a guy who plays first in every outfield position. Yandi plays first and third. Uh, Taylor Walls has played every infield position. Brandon Lau plays second in the outfield. Vidal Brujan plays every position but first. You're, you're able to field a competitive lineup every day. Yep. And that's, that's something I'm really proud of as a Rays fan is I think the team construction is still sort of on the cutting edge of being able to put out like a, a successful lineup, a well-rested lineup that can play defense every day. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think September ball is going to weed out the teams that aren't built to play 162 games. And I think the Rays are. I don't think the Rays are built to play 180. But I think, they're, I think they're, they'll, they can solidly play 162. Well, I agree with you too. If you can get that spot or that top wild card spot and either play – Minnesota or um, or Cleveland, and correct me if I'm wrong. That three game wild card is in the highest position person's home field, isn't it? All three games. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that um, that's true. I, so I'm not certain. In 2020, hmm? we played, I believe we played one in Toronto in the first round. So I think it might be that, like, so say we're the top wild card spot and we play Cleveland. I think the first game's in Cleveland, the second game's in Tampa, and then the third game's in Cleveland. But I think it, I think it's weird that this could be very wrong. I think we have to win two in a row, but Cleveland only has to win one. Like if Cleveland wins the, f- no, that doesn't make any sense. Never mind. I strike that from the record. I don't, I don't know how true that is. Omit that. <laughs> strike that from the record. Strike that from the record. Um, okay. So we've got, um, okay. So I, I like your assessment. I really do like your assessment. I, you know, the hard part about this and, and, and being a fan of a different team in the National League West, um, I've seen years where exactly what you're describing, it's like, man, if we were in this different – back when there was only one wild card team or no wild card teams, <laughs> man, if we were in this division, we'd be in the playoffs. Or if we were in that division, we'd be in the playoffs. And so I, I think you guys have what it takes to get there. But like you say, whether or not they're going to play 180 games and go deep into October, maybe – like you guys, you guys lit fire in uh, 2020, right? Maybe that happens again. Who knows? But um, yeah, crossed. yeah. But what one of the things that I know about October, and it doesn't matter if you win 116 games or if you limp in with 83 wins. Okay, it's a fresh start. Look at the Braves last mm-hmm. year. Look at what you guys did in 2020. Um, I mean, it's a completely fresh start. Look at all the times that the Giants won um, the World Series, they went in as wildcard teams. And look what the Giants did last year. Right, right. And they were the best record in baseball and couldn't make it out of the Divisional Series. Who who won that Divisional Series, by the way? I don't remember. So I, I was going to preface the Giants reference with the, not to stuck up. So <laughs> that's, who, I'm, who, who won that? I don't, remember. I don't, I don't know. I know. I know. Um, I think Walker Bueller won that series. Yeah. yeah, Walker Bueller. So, so stuff like that, right? So I love your your analysis. What we're gonna do, John, is is we're doing a lot of stuff with the teams that are in the hunt. And so when October starts, you guys are in October. When October starts, I'm gonna have a group of guys and gals who are our fans, kind of like what we did with the groups before mm-hmm. that you've been on, uh, and come on and talk about your team and and what you can and, you know, what you think is going to happen or what you, what you're concerned about. We'll have some fun with doing that, but yeah, I love your analysis. That's why I like talking with you because you have a degree of baseball analysis where it's realistic, but it's also, there's a little bit of fandom in there. We all got to have that like of course. fandom in it. Those are go crazy. Right. Well, I, I think it's really hard. And may, maybe this is like, maybe, the, maybe there's a grass is greener mentality, but I think it's really hard to be like, an overconfident fan when your team spends like 80 million a year or less. Like I, I, I think it's really hard to like, as, so let, let me say as a Yankees fan, right. I think it'd be really easy. And this is not to bag on the Yankees. This is just like put myself in their shoes. I think it'd be really easy to like walk into the season overconfident when you walk in with like, Oh yeah, we just got Garrett Cole. We're wi- like, we're winning the pennant. Like a must be nice, but B like, I get it. Right. The Rays, this is the first year in a while I've done that. And it's because we extended a guy, right? Like we didn't go out. We didn't go get a new toy. We didn't, we didn't get the big fish. I don't think we've ever gotten the big fish. So it's, it's easier in that sense. Cause I'm never walking into the off season feeling like a seismic shift in the, in the team environment. You know, like I'm never, 
I've never experienced besides 2008, a, a worst to first. And even then in 2008, it wasn't because we went out and signed Barrett Bonds, right? Like it was still homegrown talent that we brought up slowly and sustainably. So I've, it's never, it's never been a problem to be humble about it. It's never been a problem to be realistic. Well, one of the things that you guys do have, and, and this is just doctrine by me, right? You can agree or disagree with this, but mm-hmm. you guys have put enough winning together where free agency in free agency, uh, you know, because every year you're going to have shortstops, you're going to have whatever. Mm-hmm. This year it happens to be shortstops with Trey Turner and Densby Swanson and, and a few others, right? Um, but every year, because people know you're competitive, you're in that race, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, and I'm not picking on any teams, but so let's say it comes down to equal contracts, same dollar amounts, and it's you guys and the Royals. Well, people know that you guys are competitive every mm-hmm. year. And and they also know, especially if it's a small deal, a two, three-year deal, they know they're going to get some national TV time because you're going to mm-hmm. play the Red Sox, the Yankees. Exactly. So, so you guys are in the hunt, if that makes any sense, for every free mm-hmm. agent. As long as you're willing to pay the contract, mm-hmm. you're in the hunt. No, if management wants to be like Oakland, where they don't want to pay the contract, then uh, sorry, that's yeah. nothing I can do. But but you guys have shown a winning environment over the last four, five, six seasons. Whereas when you guys were first, you know, first established, that winning environment wasn't right. there. Now I, I I think you're exactly right. Like so, the the biggest trade possibly ever happened this season in Juan Soto, right? There was a couple air, uh, articles on MLB that had us involved. And every time I read them, I was like, oh, that'll be cool. Close article. Like, there's there's no yeah. realism to us getting Juan Soto because there's no realism to us extending Juan Soto, right? We, we'll, we'll go and mortgage the farm for a year and a half of control. That's just – it's like a philosophical difference. But, yeah. like, uh, Frankie Montas, for example, was a guy that we were thrown around with. And then as, like, the chips started to go down and things got closer – people realize that the Rays weren't going to actually do it. The Rays couldn't match what other teams were going to match because that's just not how we are. Like we, we could obviously benefit from the services of, of a Frankie Montas or a Luis Castillo or any of those guys, but, and those guys could benefit from coming to Tampa. Right. But oh. we'll, we'll never give what you want, whether it's the prospects you're asking for in return, or if you're the player, we, we just can't, can't extend you the same way a New York could. So well, and, and seeing it, exactly. And the argument is, is a guy like Juan Soto, for example, um, he goes to, and I, and I'll have to fact check this, but I think if they won today, which I haven't checked the score, they were up two to one at one point, then they are seven and 10 since he's joined the team. Mm-hmm. Is that exactly what, what they were planning on? Right. Probably mm-hmm. not. Maybe well, the other way around. There's some extenuating factors, unfortunately, but you're, you're exactly right. I think, it, it, I think the Rays play the chips close to the heart because they know the value in uh, in we versus me. Yep. You know, like I, I think like Juan Soto is my one of my favorite guys in the league, if not my favorite guy. I think he's one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league. But that's that's one spot and then one corner outfield position, right? So right. you're you're only changing so much in a baseball game, unless unless you're a Barry Bonds who puts up like a 500 on base percentage in a season, which Juan Soto could, but. You're, you're not changing the outcome to the tune of mortgaging the farm and getting 50 million a year. So I don't, right. I'm, I'm never mad that the Rays don't do moves like that. Like obviously having Juan Soto would be awesome, but I'm never mad that like we didn't lose 
Curtis Mead and Xavier Edwards and Taj Bradley to do it. Like those are okay things. And if anybody listens to this in 2025, I want my credit for shouting out those three guys. Cause they're all going to be studs. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, top fans. This is one of my favorite guys. This is John. Um, we're, we're filming this on a Sunday afternoon and it's going to drop, I believe Thursday morning. So take a listen. Um, First of all, John, thank you for joining me and thank you for your baseball information and knowledge. I always love talking with you. You're fantastic. Anytime. I really do enjoy being here. Thank you for having so, me. You bet. So top fans, uh, you know, listen to this article. Tell us what you think. Also, go to locals.com. Sign yourself up for locals.com. Follow top fan. You can do it for free. Um, if you want exclusive content that we will be putting up, um, it'll cost you $3 a month, but you can do it for free. In the offseason, when the season is over, there's going to be a lot of content there that you're not going to want to miss as baseball fans. So locals.com, love to have you there. Also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, there will be more announcements to come, especially uh, something that will be uh, announced here real soon with me and another individual. So, John, thanks for joining us tonight. We'll have you back on real soon. Of course. Thank you for having me. You bet.